Welcome back to DJ Coffee Talk. We have a special episode in store for you guys today. This past weekend, our team had the opportunity to attend the 14th annual Gem and Jam Music Festival. While at the festival, we got to interview some of the really incredible artists that were performing there. But instead of just sharing the interviews themselves, we wanted to try and better capture the experience as a whole and give anyone listening a better glimpse of what Jim and Jam really feels like. So what we did instead was we intertwined the interviews we had with the artists with some of the conversations we had with attendees while they were wandering around between stages, and then also added in some of our favorite clips of live music we captured from the weekend. So hopefully, no matter what attracts you to a festival, whether it be the artists, the community, or the live music, this episode should have something in here for you to either remember or learn more about Gem and Jam 2022. The first thing that's important to know about this particular festival is that it's held in conjunction with a mineral and gem show. So hopefully, if you knew nothing about the festival to begin with, at least the title will make a little bit of sense now. People travel all around the country to sell, trade, and admire gorgeous gemstones and minerals at this gem show. This type of experience attracts all walks of people. But if there is a way to categorize the type of people that attend the festival, I would have to lovingly call them wooks, hippies, and really everything in between. Fun-loving people who find community and collectivism outside of the quote-unquote norm. People who appreciate weirdness and uniqueness as the ultimate form of beauty. My kind of people. And the type of music at the festival perfectly aligns with the people in attendance. You can find experimental bass artists that toy with the breaking edge of sound production right next to some beautiful jam bands that make everyone kick off their shoes and start dancing around in the lawn. The two types of music come together in a seamless marriage at this festival, and it was something incredible to see. Without further delay, let's jump into the experience the team had on the first day. Day one, arrival. So when we first arrived at the Pima County Fairgrounds, where Jim and Jam is held each year, we made our way straight to the backstage area to meet our first interviewee of the weekend, a man by the name of Vincent Antone. Vincent is from Texas and, as you'll hear in the interview, has a massive love for the Austin music scene. I got a chance to catch up with him as well as his friend uh, slash incredible drummer Jose Gutierrez. I want to take a second and throw in a huge disclaimer here that the audio we captured during the interviews uh, aren't the best and as a podcast we try to have the best quality audio, uh, but this was our first take at mobile recording and it didn't turn out incredible, but we think it's presentable enough to share to you guys because I really love the interviews that we had with the artists. Disclaimer aside, and before we jump into our talk with Vincent, here's a clip that I recorded from Vincent and Jose's live set that occurred later on in the weekend. The song they're playing is a future funk masterpiece that Vincent had just released late last month called The Good Stuff. In the clip, I caught the end of him shredding on guitar, and throughout the entire clip you can hear Jose in the background letting loose on the drums. Their set from start to stop was just so much fun and kept the crowd moving the entire time. And it was really cool to see the obvious chemistry between Jose and Vincent as two musicians sharing the stage. Here's the clip, and then right after that, is our conversation with Vincent and Jose. Enjoy.
live with Vincent, and um, I want to start off the interview just by talking a little bit about um, your newest release. Obviously, it's a good place to start. Uh, you got on the 25th. It's called Good Stuff. Yes, um, what can you tell us about the, the recording process for that song, and uh, you know what's what was that song about? Um, so I found this sample of that keyboard part um, that really just stuck out for the kind of sound that we've been going for lately, which is that kind of, you know, bluesy, funky, soulful, um, you know, stuff from late 70s, mid 70s, maybe even the 60s. Uh, just kind of always having my ear out for stuff that stands out, trying to track it down, see if it's going to be something that works. And then from there, um, fleshing it out into you know a more modern interpretation of it and then i have that uh buddy of mine named ruth who uh is always just a killer mc um with the rhymes and i work with him a lot and so i send it over to him and it's kind of the point now where like i don't even have to be like around him anymore like yeah. i trust him enough to like deliver and so he sent the verse back and it was just killer and um on certain songs you can kind of tell um ahead of time that they're going to be more well received probably than others and that was when I knew that was going to end up right away, doing pretty good like, okay, yeah cool. it was a good vibe you know yeah. something that you could turn like kind of trying to tote that line between something that's like you can chill to but also at a certain point kind of rages for a second and right then, you know brings it so, back down yeah it's a really cool track it's thanks really man cool track. Um, and I should mention also we're here with Jose the drummer that's going to be joining you yes sir uh, my guy dude that's I think it's so cool I watched a video of you guys playing and I think you guys have a lot of great synergy yeah um, where did the live instrumentation pick up for you like how did you I mean you have a long history with instruments but like what um, what was that like with your project? Um, for on my end of things, I, I've been playing guitar for a long time, drums for a while, uh, bass, piano, just basic rock instruments. And um, I guess the production thing yielded from that because, you know, I can only play one at a time, but in production you can match all that together. And yeah. then um, with Jose, I'll, I'll let you answer that um, for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, when we got together, we were playing a band called Mama Festa. Vince yeah. was actually the drummer previously. And oh, moved okay. to the guitar nice. and I, I with drums. And I have kind of a, a couple other little electronic groups. And when this thing was getting rolling, it was just like, hey, I mean, we were at a club. I think I just got done with the show and he was just chilling. He was like, hey, man, so about to roll this. You want to go with me? Let's do it. And I was okay. Like, oh, yeah. And yeah. honestly, and from then on, uh, man, it's just been teamwork, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, trusting each other to do what we're supposed to do. and. We have a we have a history because uh, we played in another band previously. So like, it was just like funk and rock, yeah. jam band kind of stuff. That was like you know doing pretty well and like playing big festivals and stuff. So we had a history and like chemistry before that. Right. You know. Right. So and he's like a drum core guy. Yeah. Um, so he knows what he's doing. Cool. Yeah. What What do you guys think feeds into that chemistry of performing on stage? Because it seems like some musicians have it, some don't. Like, is it something that you guys think about, or is it just natural for y'all? I, I personally, I know going on stage, like fully trust that all I have to do is worry about my job yeah. and that he's in the same alpha mindset of like let's crush and yeah. so when we're talking to each other man it's like it, I mean we're both feeding off of it yeah. you know, and it just came natural um, there's more in like the uh, you know in like the jam band it was a little bit more of the um, less like more impro improvised, less like words with communication, just kind of feeling it out. Whereas with this, I have a way to talk to him through a mic that runs through his ears and stuff. So if we're having to do something on the fly, he can adjust to that. Or I'll be like, hey, we're skipping the song or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, so like, crowds just, I mean, if he's like, yo, man, let's hit him with something a little different. He just tells me and, you know, a couple bars ahead and I know it's going. And yeah, so we try to stay flexible. Set, we have a set that's planned out, but then sometimes it just 
yeah. goes by the wayside, <laughs> you know. Just yeah. based on how it's going. Just how I feel. Yeah, and that's how this will be as well. You yeah. know, we got two sets, so. It's kind of added like a layer of fun to it. Absolutely, right? yeah. I think being able to have, um, and like the stuff I've been putting out lately is like kind of in that future funk electro soul lane, but there's a lot more that we got going on and maybe not a ton of, a ton of them are released, but like, um, just that flexibility, not only within like the live show, but also just in the genres of music to just completely shift into another lane if we wanted to, yeah. you know? So I, I really, really work on trying to like keep a wide variety of music going on just because I really enjoy, you know, keeping it mixed up because yeah. I kind of get bored doing the same thing. Right, it's something you know, like, freeing for you guys, right? To be able to think like, oh, it wouldn't be that much of a redirect if we started doing this so you don't feel... Yeah, and it's trying to cultivate a fan base that's like um, with that, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I, I feel like with a lot of artists, you come to expect like a certain thing from them, um, which is a blessing and a curse sometimes as an artist, but right. in this instance, I'm trying to cultivate a fan base that's cool with us having the license to do whatever we feel like doing. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's yeah. really interesting that you started off with that mindset of trying to cultivate that type of thing. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Um, well, it seems like from everything I've uh, heard and read about you, that you're a big advocate for the um, Austin music scene. Yeah. What do you think makes it so special for, for the people listening to music there and for the artists? Yeah, it's just a rich, uh, it just has a rich history, you know, um, I think. Particularly in blues music, um, you know, I, one of my best friends, um, his one of my one of my best friends growing up, his dad was Stevie Ray Vaughan's drummer, so like we were just really close to that like um, kind of blues thing going on in Austin, and, and it's changed over the years. I'd say like in the 2000s, it's, they started doing like the indie thing was kind of popping off there, and now there's like um, psychedelic, a lot of psych rock. There's a good scene for like funk music and soul. He's in a couple groups down there. Um, yeah, it's just really wide, and like the, the city's growing and changing still a lot. A lot of people are coming there, so you know it's kind of cool to try and keep your finger on the pulse of the flavors of what's happening. But yeah. it's just a cool town at the end of the day. You know? That's so cool. We do yeah. have a good local scene yeah. that really just supports. You know, um, even any other projects we play in, mm -hmm. you know, we have a guy that has a trio, and sometimes it's will get on guitar, and I always play drums for the trio. Mm -hmm. And you know, we get some VA fans come out to see a little bit different. Yeah, you have instances of the same, like, you know. 20 guys playing in like uh, all the bands, you know, in different like configurations or whatever. You know, always trending new projects and really the local scene just really supports it. And we make, try to be professional. At least, you know, all the guys that we work with try to make sure to be professional with the venues and just, you yeah. know, that way it's always building up. Always. It's a good community of, of Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and we're at this weird kind of precipice right now where we're starting to see uh, live shows again and things like that coming out of the pandemic, but you guys are mentioning how you guys had a different uh, maybe feeling, at least towards how your music and project has gone during the pandemic. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was just a different experience, I'd say, than probably what most people were experiencing at the time in that like when I started the project, it was like the month COVID was discovered. And so I maybe put out a song like a week after it had like made landfall in America. Um, so right at that time, all the shows were closing down. And so we got together with some of our friends and they're here this weekend with us, Steven Sullivan and Casey Byers. And they're like really solid, like production tech whiz dudes. And so we started putting these streams together um, in ways that were just very um, kind of out of the box that people weren't doing, um, you know, cool multi cam stuff with lights and whatnot and then we did this one that was a uh, built in a virtual world that our friend Casey built in a blender it was in blender right well he uses blender but I guess it's in 
think it's Unity. Unreal Engine. Or, yeah, it's, yeah, it's VR. It's like a video game, but anyway, we're in his house. Uh, yeah, it was cool. It's on our YouTube channel, but we're in a, his house, cleared out a room in front of a green screen, play the set, and then he superimposes us into this world he created, what? like in a warehouse, and then stream that out to the world. And so through that and like releases, um, we just had a, a really cool thing come together that allowed us to like reach a pretty decently sized audience at a yeah. pretty rough time. So yeah. at the end of the day, we came out of the pandemic way better than we started off before. Cool. Okay. So it's right about here when the sound checks from a nearby stage start going on and I made the rest of the audio nearly impossible to use, but it was near the end of the conversation anyways. And what I basically ended up doing is wrapping it up by asking them what their intent of making music is. And they both gave some really heartfelt answers about how important it is for them personally to make music that allow the people listening to feel freedom to feel how they want to feel and to let loose and really release from, you know, the, me paraphrasing. But it was a pleasure talking to these really two genuine guys. And I was able to learn some valuable lessons about mobile recording. Uh, you got to live and learn, right? What I want to share with you guys next is what I am naming the set of the weekend. The artist's collaborative project called Lab Group put together one of the most memorable moments I have ever experienced in live music in the midst of the grief and loss that they must be going through. For those who may not know, the group was born as an experimental brainchild of three already established artists, Charles I, Supertask, and Potions. The electronic music scene as a whole was deeply shocked and left really dumbstruck when we heard the news of Charles I's death in December of 2021. Just months after his passing, this group took his place on the Gem and Jam lineup and played a tribute set that was both beautiful, sad, angry, and healing all at once. It was easy to feel the mix of energy in the crowd at the set as the remaining artists of Lab Group opened the performance with a speech about Charles's impact and an overarching prompt for the community to look after each other, support each other, and love one another. The artists go on to play a set compiled of fruits of their group's labors over the year, showcasing the beautifully twisted, dark, and spacey form of electronic music that these artists pioneered. Words really can't describe the feelings expressed through this set, but what I will say is that it was beautiful to see what seemed to be kind of like a group healing experiment. In a way, everyone at the set was processing the loss of someone important to them on differing levels. One of my personal favorite moments from the set that I was cognizant enough to record, somehow, is a section in which they took a Frank Ocean sample and pitched it around to fit in a really cool way on the beat. Check it out. Fresh out, it's not a wish. 
Okay, the next clip here is actually the section that was used for the intro music. It's a cool remix, top of an unexpected drop. Here it is. The final clip that I have from this set is really short, but I wanted to include it to show the spectrum of emotion in the set. When the song started playing, all the colors and the visuals in the production went to red and black, and the sense of rage coursed through the crowd. It was really infectious, but it, again, it was such a cool feeling to just see the whole crowd being able to sense this emotion together. <laughs> Again, I cannot imagine how difficult it must be for this group to do these shows in memory of Charles so close to his passing, but I would imagine it would be what Charles would want, and I'm sure that's what gives them strength to do it. I feel honored to have been in attendance this night, and it's a moment that I will never forget. Rest in peace, Charles. Next up, we have an interview with a DJ duo that goes by the name of MZG. MZG is short for myozygotic. For the less scientifically literate like myself, myozygotic is a word used for twin siblings, which is exactly what these guys are. Charles and Zach Weiner grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, and were both a part of their own separate artist projects before subsequently, and in their own words, inevitably, joining forces to create this group. The two of them have been working on this project tirelessly, and have seen some recent growth after taking what seemed like a calculated but risky move from their hometown of Jacksonville all the way out to Colorado. These guys, not surprisingly because of their work ethic, have been popping off lately. Just recently they closed a Grizz show, and now they're slated to be on an RL Grime lineup. Meeting them was honestly such a pleasure, and their work ethic is evident and matched only if not outshone by their friendliness and good energy. But before we jump into our conversation with the twins, here's a clip I caught from their sundown set on the Opal stage. I got a little too excited when I heard their song Bullin coming on, so I only caught the drop, but when I was researching them, I instantly loved the song when I heard it, and it was really dope to hear it play out live. Here it is. <laughs> Okay, so we're live with MZG. Uh, a little background on the name. If you miss any sort of uh, uh, you know science class in middle school, it stands for myozygotic. Mm-hmm. These guys are twins. We're not on video right now. You can't see it. They look <laughs> very similar. Um, so uh, what I want to start off with, guys, when I was looking at you guys and reading your biography, um, some of the verbiage you guys used when talking about when you first joined up, uh, terms like inevitable and things like that. Mm-hmm. Why were those terms used? Was it something you guys always thought about working together musically? We, or? we initially started doing solo projects. Okay. Um, and um, I guess like going through our, like, you know, preliminary stages of becoming the artists that we are now, yeah. we like 
just didn't want to do what we inevitably thought would work yeah. initially, not knowing what the hell was going on with like life or like our career path or anything like that. Or like, you know? or like just music in general. Yeah. You know, like, so we're just very young and didn't want to like waste. We didn't want to experiment you know? with it. We wanted yeah. it to be like a hit when we started it. Yeah, oh, we, 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 we wanted to like be seasoned at what we're doing before we can join forces. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and, and you know, we, we got a lot of pressure to do this earlier. Really? But, um, we kind of like he was in a band. I was doing a solo DJ career, mm-hmm. and like we had our own like routes. And then once those things kind of started to, to peter off, then we just joined forces. Yeah, and it, it was great because you know we learned so much from each of our solo projects, and we brought all of that experience to MTG initially. Yeah. So it helped. It helped tremendously. So having worked with other people in the past, is it different with you guys' dynamics when you work together musically? Is it easier? Is it it's 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 honestly a lot easier. We're yeah. you know for obvious reasons we've been on the same page since like day one yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to really get, it, we, you know we have our strife but it's very minimal there's not like it's nothing there's always going to be like a balance of like you know quarrels and stuff that yeah. keep everything afloat but, but that's just part of it it's, you know? it's 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 infinitely better than working with like people that we worked with in the past like you know like not, nothing against it. it's just right. it's smooth you know smooth, yeah. yeah I can't I can't shake stick at it yeah, yeah. Oh, no, guys. Well, um, so I know uh, I don't want to say recently it's probably what was it three years ago now that you made the move from Florida to Colorado three years in March yeah. March 29th of this year will be four years. Four years. Right on. Yeah. How's that transition been for you? Uh, the, fir- the first two years were rocky. Tough. Can't <laughs> lie. I mean, rocky. Like, it, it, like you know, we were. We were the quintessential, just like kind of like couch surfing DJs back in Florida. And yeah. we're just like, you know what, man, this is really starting to plateau. We gotta like just beef it up a bit and mm-hmm. just move somewhere else and yeah. prove to ourselves that we can be our own people, our own man, you know, and just yeah. get it fit, get it sorted out, you know? And it was like our first time moving away from home and stuff. Oh, so yeah. we had graduated college and then like hung out at our mom's for like almost a year and mm-hmm. then we're like, we can't. We're moving now. We're, yeah. <laughs> and so, we packed up all our shit in the car dude, and just left. First, so. first, two, first two years were tumultuous to say the yeah. least. Yeah. But after hard. that third year, things just started going nice and awesome. smooth. So, awesome. yeah. yeah. Is that just time? Was there something in your career that started? No, to dude. Honestly, not necessarily. The, the music was like, the music was fine. Everything was fine. It's just everything takes time, especially when you're breaking into a new market. Yeah. You know, you have to you know do Work, things, do things people, to break it, break through the noise. You like with right. working with. Yeah, exactly. You know, just just figuring shit. Sh- out and like you know we figured it out yeah, it's kind of, it kind of just like throwing throwing stuff up, like against the wall and seeing what sticks for the first two years That's really and then like third yeah. year we're like cool this is what sticks and yeah, like, this. you know moving forward um well on a personal level and musical level i guess too what are the differences that you guys have seen from the scene in florida to where you guys are at now um you know i, I think it's just like ultimately the uh, amount of, like of uh, different music that's appreciated yeah. in like Denver where we live in uh, Florida it's definitely more like narrowed down like there's like a few different types of scenes but like it seems as if moving out to Denver there's like ticket like people that want to buy tickets and be entertained by like through, throughout all spectrums mu- of music a multitude of yeah. different genres like, like like Florida there's a bit of a hype chain there you okay. know what I mean it's like you know what's what's popping right. we'll go to that but, but I mean not, they know what's popping they like, know, Florida knows what's popping they, they got pop. it they yeah. got it together but yeah. if you ain't hot you're not gonna pop you're, you're, yeah, yeah. you have to be popping okay. from Florida to really Denver's like, Denver's a little more here. forgiving okay. I'd say and, and, with, with your status you know what I mean yeah interesting was that so it sounds like the scene there was kind of at least in your guys thought process when you chose to move there dude 
we were it was it, we, we were crushing yeah, it yeah honestly the like, was great like they loved us every show every show was popping off like yeah. it wasn't a bad thing but it was you know Jacksonville Florida we just had know, to it's not a great it, it's not Denver is a mecca we, you know not. Jacksonville's not I, we like, saw a flat, we, we saw a plateau coming so we were like trying to avoid that okay. completely by not being like the hometown like we whatever. didn't want to just keep pumping and dumping and pumping and dumping we wanted to like actually like you know take some you know volatility in our lives yeah. and like you know like actually maybe sink a little lower than we already were to get to a higher point you know? yeah that's gonna be a tough choice though if you're, if you're doing it's well. risky yeah. it's risky yeah. i mean it's but risky no, but it's no risk no reward yeah i mean it's such a rewarding and, experience and, it, and it's and it's not like we've we've lost touch with florida at all you know we come back and play halloween a lot yeah. um we we're, love we're playing brinkwilty like tomorrow we so just wanted to, we, we, we have our like our you know stab we're established there so we just wanted to expand the network yeah, yeah. exactly it's got to be a big thing about you guys too just having the network knowing people oh yeah like if you're one like you said you want to be the hometown people that have 100% we'll always you know Jax will always we have, have love our heart. For them, we have course. love for them yeah, of course right. it's just as a you know as, as a business, business, as a business yeah. we're just like dude we gotta expand a little bit yeah. nothing against y'all but, yeah. but you know Jacksonville it's like you know they Leonard Skinner's from there us, you, you know, know like <laughs> Derek Trucks a lot of blues a lot right. of rock and roll you know there's not a massive electronic scene there, right. you know and we were just like we make electronic music let's go where they go to the bass capital like I said um, then I want to touch really quickly the song that I first uh, stumbled upon uh, from you guys was Bullen. Yeah. Really cool fucking track. Uh, how did you guys stumble upon that? You were working with some of the people. We, uh, we, we were working with Colin and Ben. Uh, uh, we met them. We met them in Denver, actually. They reached out to us. They were like, love y'all's tunes. And they're like the first people we ever made tunes with yeah. in Denver. And uh, yeah, crushed it. Out, man. And you know the best part about it was? Uh, we made the song and it took like two full years to, for it to come out. And we literally were like, ah, oh, we'll see how it goes. You know, it might be a dead fish, who knows? And man, it was a big fish. Yeah. It was major. Yeah. We got it on a label. No first, lies, two years. Like, two years. We made it in like September 2018 and we didn't release it until July 2020. Yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy. <laughs> or uh, August, right? Yeah, August. Yeah, July or August. Either way, yeah, either way. I'm assuming it varies from artist to artist, but like how many of those tracks do you guys have that you're just like sitting on? Oh, uh, so many, bro. I mean, like, I, I, have, yeah. I have a lot that, that I like, just could release, but it's just like not the time. Yeah. And you never know. Like you could be sitting on like the next one, you know, but like as an artist like it's kind of hard to I mean it's funny with like Zach and I there's been tracks that we've put out that we've been like oh it's not our favorite but it ends up being everyone else's favorite and we're you know it's just kind of like it's like a switch up you know like stuff that we like and it's not everyone's favorite you know so it's like really a big big challenge of trying to like find the what the fans like what we like and like me in the middle there synergistic you know? respect but they just like go off on like directly the wrong I don't know not you really pandering to their audience but there's other people that do only what their audience wants right mm -hmm. right dude you would be surprised like Bullen that song uh, we were kind of everyone in the team all four of us were just like, like yeah it's good but is it great and everyone's like this is great <laughs> <laughs> and we're like alright we agree with you guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just funny like how you can be, beat yourself up as an artist yeah, yeah. and you're like it's trash it's horrible it's garbage and I was like this is amazing yeah. Yeah. I know it was great it's even opinion based with, with, with yourself you know with what you do you know it's What's, always it's always opinion yeah. based you know yeah, exactly. even when it's like what you do yeah no matter what yeah, yeah. it was taking account what people are wanting to actually yeah. you know, take it there's no right or wrong really yeah. it's like yeah. it's, just, well, it's so a feeling and maybe there's people if you like it there's gonna be a certain amount of people that are gonna like it right yeah. right 
Um, really quickly, guys, uh, Gem and Jam. What's your guys's like? We're at Gem and Jam, obviously. What's your guys' experience with Gem and Jam? Pass, like, first time here. First time here. Yeah, first never, time. Never before. been to Arizona, honestly. Yeah, so. really. First time in Arizona. Welcome to the desert, boys. It's so dope. I yeah, love the, it. The, the the cactus the cactus population is. Fast. <laughs> yeah. Uber driver Natasha was informing us that oh, some of the cactuses, yeah. the cacti, excuse me, cacti, what am I right. saying? You're not cacti. There, you're not there, excuse <laughs> cacti uh, are some of them are 150 years old and they're like a protected, uh, preserved uh, yeah. part of Arizona. We take our cacti. Seriously. <laughs> so yeah. I love that. She's gone one, one of them is like the Segura. Segura? Segura? What? Saguaro. Saguaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse sorry, me. sorry. Um, like the Tom Segura. Tom Segura. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she was saying that's like one the only places in the world that has it this year. Yeah. Which is so mind-blowing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because I grew up in Arizona, so I never really took cacti. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Right, there's another plant. And then you see people come in, and I'm like, holy shit, this thing is so wild. They're so yeah. big. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know they get that big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Massive. Massive, for sure. Um, I, so are you guys sticking around then? If you're not going to be able to, we have a we have a festival to play tomorrow and in uh, Florida, and then flights have been all crazy. So it's, Dallas, we're, we're so in purgatory right now. We don't know. We're, 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 we're not if it's a sink or swim yet. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think we'll be able to make it. Yeah. but it's definitely like you know, whatever we have to do to come out of pocket to make make the music happen, or like you know. It's gotta happen. It's unfortunate, you know, but like, show must go on. Show must go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure you guys get all the, you know, industry questions and stuff, but I have some kind of like fun ones to throw around if you guys would do game for that. Yeah, let's do it. So, these are gonna be left field, but I think they're kind of fun. Let's go. Let's pick one that I think you guys would buy, this one's interesting because we're talking. Okay, we're talking about money. You know, making the show happen. Yeah. Uh, is money real? The concept of money real? Uh, not really, dude. Not really, man. Like, yeah. the, there, there's two things that are uh, consistent in life, yeah. and that's goods and services. The rest is accounting. Interest. Yeah. Money is really sure. just a consensus network. Yeah. Everyone agrees that this is a, a this value coupon is worth this fun coupon, coupon is worth this much. So to your to to answer your question, I definitely don't think it is it is a real tangible asset unless there's a consensus that says it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, I mean, dude, but at like, the end of the day, like, I mean, look, people are buying pictures of monkeys, yeah. called, calling them NFTs, yeah. and millions of dollars. The only reason they're millions of dollars is because everyone says they are. People agree. It's consensus. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, like I said, consensus. So, like, yeah, value is imaginary, technically. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it comes from just our minds, and we all agree on it. You know, yeah. But, like, yeah, so to, to your, answer your question, not really that real. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't think so either. But I yeah, want yeah. It. <laughs> it certainly helps to have a lot of it, even though it is imaginary. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, this one's kind of hippy dippy, but we're in Arizona. We're just talking it's about it's talking right, about cacti. Hippy dippy it is. Uh, do plants have souls? Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. What do you think the line is with souls? Is it anything with the living cell as a soul? Do you think anything perspirating or just like okay. taking, any, taking any, anything that, it, that consumes something? The environment like around it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that processes energy? Even even deep sea creatures and chemosynthesis, there's a, like, you know, they're, they're taking energy without the sunlight and just developing like energy through chemosynthesis. Like it's a, you know, like, I think that's like where the line draws between it, like, like animation and inanimacy is like things that like take in from their environment to exist and survive versus things that are just like like a plastic piece of something like a toy souls you know okay. even though toy story was made definitely soul is a you know like <laughs> <laughs> all the lines all the lines yeah 
So that about wrapped it up for the first day. On the second day, we were able to take our time and got a chance to hang out in the media tent and meet some of the other outlets that were covering the event, which was really cool. Meeting a former writer for EDM Identity, as well as a representative for Moon Landing, was pretty mind-blowing considering I've been a fan of both of those outlets for a while now. I gotta tell you, everybody was incredibly nice and welcoming, and it was awesome to meet a group of people coming together to document this festival. After a little bit of mingling, we then got to meet our third and final interviewee of the weekend, none other than Jay from Project Aspect. I had already seen Jay perform his live set on the first day and was a really big fan of it. His stage presence was incredible, but I think my favorite part about his performance was his love for every moment on stage. I honestly don't think a smile left his face from start to stop, and his smile was so infectious that it was hard not to smile along with him in the crowd. It was really nice to get to know him backstage and learn more about his beliefs and meaning behind his artist name of Project Aspect. Before we hop into the interview with Jay, here's a couple of clips from his set that shows off some of his incredible riffing that he demonstrated on his guitar. Check it out. Project Aspect, and um, Jay, I want to start off with, we're at Gem and Jam, obviously, and I know that you have a history with Gem and Jam, so I want to talk about kind of, uh, A, like, you know, what your history with them is and what you find to be special about Gem and Jam in particular. Cool. Uh, well, first of all, what's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, Gem and Jam is, is something special to me, first of all, because this is like my seventh time playing. Cool. So I've experienced it in two different venues and kind of seeing the growth of it and just like a lot of artists come up during it, which is really cool. Mm. But the biggest thing about it is just like the gem and mineral convention that surrounds it yeah. and how much 
concentrated energy there is just in this town and you can just feel it and mm -hmm. there's just so many so many people from all over the world that like brought their rocks and minerals yeah. and it's just such an amazing experience to go out there and check it all out and even in the in the venue like there's so many vendors that came from all over the place that are here to showcase their art and just like all the crystals and all the just natural energy that everyone is bringing um, is is definitely the most special part about this is just like you can feel it in the air yeah. and so I've always I always want to come back it's always something that I want to keep doing because just of that fact that like I don't really feel that kind of energy in, in another uh, festival setting other so, places yeah. yeah it's a trip we um, we're from Tucson and oh, like cool. you said how this town just kind of comes alive yeah this festival it's really incredible it is awesome so you guys are born and raised in Tucson uh, grew up in Phoenix and then moved down sweet that's ago. awesome yeah. so you you could probably do this stuff every year right yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome we tried to definitely oh, yeah. tried to um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, for you the difference between playing festival setting versus like single shows and things like that do you have a preference is it different like how is it different oh man it is different and I don't really have a preference it always depends kind of on the situation um, a lot of times I'll, I'll like kind of put a set together uh, beforehand um, everything is like launched on the fly and stuff though which makes it really interesting because yeah. sometimes I can mess that shit up and <laughs> it can go any other way but right. um, it's fun to like kind of build a set around what you think the vibe is going to be mm. um, but I don't think there's much of a difference between playing a show and playing a festival besides the fact that you really have to rush your ass up there and fucking set up and break down which is just like a huge adrenaline rush for me because my setup <laughs> is huge when I do the full setup with yeah. the guitar I have two laptops I have two controllers everything's all plugged in with the guitar and everything and so it is kind of like anxiety driven because I'm just like I want everything to be plugged in right and work right and it's yeah. hard within like a 15 minute time frame right. so that kind of makes it like kind of uh, a juggle but like when you when it all works and it all yeah. goes flows through and everything starts like everything kind of goes away and it's really a good feeling so. I saw that process go down yesterday I was lucky enough to catch your set yesterday so yeah. I saw you guys like up there rushing around you seem like so you know locked in and you got it all put together it seems like there's a lot to do right before you start. it is man there's a lot to plug in and just to make sure everything works right and for a festival setting, it's it's very difficult to, to pull that off. But like when you have a solid crew and a solid solid stage crew and stuff, and mm. I thank my stage crew yesterday for pulling it together. Yeah. Uh, then it's it usually pretty seamless yeah. if, if everything you know works. But like you know, sometimes the digital world isn't very friendly to you. So yeah. I've definitely had some some issues uh, technically sometimes, but mm. for the most part, it works out. Cool. Um, and so you did perform with the drummer too. Can you talk about kind of who that is and how you guys like that? Yeah. Yeah, so um, his name is Nick Hayden. Uh, he drums for Melody Lines, which is a local in Denver. Uh, they're a duo. I guess they're a three-piece now. They just added a drummer, or uh, sorry, a bass player. Um, so, and they're killing it right now. They're really good, and they're really good friends of mine. But uh, what happened was, I usually drum with a friend of mine uh, named Steven Kuzma. Uh -huh. He drummed for Unlimited Aspect, which was me and Unlimited Gravity's uh, collaboration project. We okay. turned it into a band, and it was a three-piece. Um, so Kuzma would usually drum with me he was actually going to come down here um, but he was unable to make it so a, 
about a month ago, I played a uh, summer camp competition to play summer camp at the Fox. Uh-huh. Um, and I was going to have a drummer for that too. And last minute, we kind of reached out to him because he was available and he's a good homie. Um, and we had never played together, or, like even talked about it, but I was willing to give it a shot. And we ended up doing like a rehearsal. I sent him all the tracks. He practiced really hard and we kind of nailed it at the Fox. And it was a really good set. So um, when my other drummer canceled for this one, it was like a no brainer because Nick was already coming to the festival so oh then he's just like okay you want to perform yeah and so it was like perfect timing perfect situation and um i really prepared for this set really hard and i like sent him like i like kind of put together like a pre-mix and like sent it to him and he kind of learned it and rehearsed it and i think we did pretty good yesterday as far as because we didn't even get a rehearsal in like i just sent him the tracks and so wow yeah and i worked pretty hard on it like i i did a lot of different in and outs of the tracks and like i kind of made it a very special set so it was fun to do and some of my favorite moments of the set when you you two like you know linkedin and you're feeding off of him yeah you you know it's something you guys had a really good really good uh, thing going on there's something special about playing with other musicians like especially when i'm playing guitar because a lot of the times i'll just do the bare kind of production set and just have the controller mm. and just go all out on the beats, right. um, which is a whole nother kind of experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I'm playing with another musician and I have my guitar and like we have the whole setup and I'm able to live loop and stuff, like there's such a magic, just energy to that. Yeah. And like when I play with Ronnie and Limited Gravity, there's just something very, very special about when two artists come together and like create a bigger cause, you know? Yeah. So it's it's very special for sure. I think it definitely shows in the, in the crowd as well. You can feel that. Yeah, for sure. The energy yeah. is definitely higher. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, cool. Um, I know you have uh, a big, big show coming up um, up in Fort Collins. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so it's a new weekly that they're doing every Wednesday. Cool. Uh, it's a good friend of mine, Bree Long. She's been booking for me for a long time up there. Mm. Um, and I guess it's like a bowling alley slash venue that uh, has been like renovated. And so it's like a new kind of a new deal for everybody. Yeah. And it's a new uh, venue for everybody. Um, so I'm kind of excited about it. It's a free show. Yeah. Um, so if you're in Fort Collins, definitely come check it out. Um, or even if you're in Denver, come up and check it out. But um, I'm excited about it because I haven't played in Fort Collins in about a year. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I I have a lot of good fans and friends up there. So cool. it's usually a pretty good time. To come back. Awesome. Um, so I also caught a little bit of wind about um, the fact that you're working on an album. I don't know how much you can or want to talk about that, but. It's in the process okay. for sure. It's, it's a very long process because I, I'm planning on a new LP okay. and I haven't put out a full length album in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to kind of dissect it a little bit and make sure that everything is dialed in. But right now I'm looking at like maybe in the next few months, okay. it'll probably be happening. So pretty, pretty soon. Hopefully, hopefully by summertime. Right on. Yeah. I'd like to have some summertime tunes to, for people to bump. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. That's exciting. For sure. Um, and I, I did want to pick your brain because um, even with the name Project Aspect, it seems like there's um, something behind it is more of a reason than just the, the project itself. So um, what for you, what's the meaning of the vision behind Project Aspect? It's a pretty 
pretty in-depth vision for sure. Okay. I mean, at first when I created the name, um, I wanted something that was substantial, that had a lot of depth to it, that had a lot of meaning to it, uh, that I could kind of grow with and, and keep forever. Yeah. And also I wanted to, like when I thought of something I wanted something to be with project because I wanted the, it to be a never ending project. Right. I wanted it to be always constructing, always getting work done, always evolving, always becoming something new. Cool. Um, so I wanted to keep the project in there. And for some reason I wanted to, to rhyme. So I was like project aspect, like perfect. So I picked that and mostly aspect because aspect is pretty much like an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what the project is is an ever-growing idea that is always evolving always changing always growing always becoming something different never staying stagnant never uh sticking to a genre like always just expanding and and kind of exploring new elements of music and i uh put out a um concept album a a couple years ago which is basically like a free-flowing album all the way through Mm -hmm. so just like seamless all the way through and that was something that i've always wanted to do and like just stuff like that just putting together like compositions that are just like kind of out of the norm especially for electronic music like i just and playing the guitar and like kind of bringing a lot of like natural instruments into the mix I think that is a very unique experience uh, audibly and also mostly live. Like right. live is really where, like why I make my music. Yeah. Like it, something about the energy that provides when I play my music live yeah. and especially how I have my sets laid out and it's super unpredictable. Um, it makes it super special. So That resonates. I haven't seen you live now. Um, I wish I could better describe to the listener kind of what the feeling is at one of your shows. And yeah. It's really infectious. You know, just the energy just flows from off the stage into the crowd. Thanks. I and you seem that. completely another like locked into what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so uh, really quickly, I want to pick your brain. Like, what's what's going through your head? Because you seem so like it's it's purposeful. That you know what you're doing, but you also just seem like you're flowing through it. Yeah, uh, a lot's going through my yeah. head. Mostly just not fucking up yeah. and not uh, excuse my language and, and not uh, like missing transitions and stuff because there's very specific transitions that I plan sometimes and uh-huh. if I don't hit them then it's kind of like a little hiccup but I mean obviously I can make up for it right. um, and that's like the first thing on my mind second yeah. thing on my mind is making sure that people are having fun um, and even if they're they're not I always kind of just push through with what my plan is and it usually works out in my favor but um, it's the, the the biggest thing of all besides all of that is just like being free up there yeah because like i deal with a lot of anxiety and like it's just something about performing music completely takes it away like mm. as soon as i get everything set up and i press play like every kind of bad thought always just disappears and so just being up there is just a very freeing experience for me and it's like very therapeutic and almost like religious for me because yeah. it's, it's a, to be able to share so much time that I've put into these tracks and into this live set and just like into sharing this experience with people and having people actually like feed off of it and enjoy it in a mass capacity is just like unmatchable so yeah that's the biggest feeling that's beautiful that's that's interesting you know being somebody who struggles with anxiety like think about something like performing music in front of live people like you think that would be something that provokes anxiety but for you right. it kind of just eliminates yeah it's crazy it's That's a so definite cool. relief from all of that yeah it's like my my escape you know yeah. that's amazing yeah it's awesome um 
So I was looking into your Instagram and I saw a particular post that said that you uh, would like to start an emo bluegrass band. <laughs> <laughs> I thought would be very, very interesting. Yeah. But I was wondering, what would you, have you ever thought of any names? Like, what would you call an emo bluegrass band? Oh my God. I don't think I have uh, thought of any names, but if I were to think of something on the spot, the it, it'd be like uh, Subcob or something like that, or sub Corn on the Sub or something like that. <laughs> corn on the Sub. It's Corn on the Bass. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Something with corn, uh, <laughs> something with corn and bluegrass, something is, it kind of just goes hand in hand for me. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe not specifically emo bluegrass uh, yeah. band, but have you thought of the idea of uh, venturing off to do different projects or does the idea of project aspect give you enough freedom that you think you can do what you want to with it? I think both. I think yeah. I'm always kind of on the look for, for other projects. And like I said, I love collabing with people. So if something happens to, to pop up where I really vibe with somebody in particular and we can start kind of something more serious, then that's definitely something I'm open to. Um, but yeah, Project Aspect is just ever expanding and you can, there's so much more that can be added to it. Like I could always add new members to the live set. I could always like, get back with Ronnie and do the limited aspect thing, which is like a completely different side project and a really uh, thing that something that I, I hope I can do again one day. Um, and then just like, I mean, I, I think I'd like to just like start a band one day, but like it takes so much time and so much work and yeah. like I barely have enough time for myself. Right. So if it happens, it happens. I'm totally down with it, but I'm not going to like go out of my way to, to try to make it happen. Pushing for it right now. Yeah. But, um, um, okay. So if you're cool with it, I wanted to pop a couple of just random questions off of you. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you're game for that, go for let me it. see if I can find one that I think you might, uh, might like, huh? Do you, <laughs> do you know your neighbors? Do I know my neighbors? Yeah. No, because I live in a very residential area. Okay. That it's a lot of older people and a lot of families and stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of like us in our 30s living in this kind of bigger house and like in the foothills. So okay. I don't really know my neighbors, unfortunately, but yeah. I know my roommates really well. Okay, cool. <laughs> It's a good question, though. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting, you know, because we always we live, we have neighbors, but a lot of times we may not know our neighbors. It's very it, true, man. You know? And I think it all depends on the demographic, too, because yeah. sometimes, you know, you get lucky and you move into a neighborhood with your same age of people and kind of your same vibe and stuff. So mm -hmm. you can kind of make friends and, and get to know them more. Yeah. But I've always been so busy, too. Like, yeah. And I don't really have time. Like, it's, it's kind of like a situational thing like if i happen to meet them then right. that's fine but i don't think there's really going to be any kind of like connection that happens there have to be carrying groceries in at the same time like yeah i mean there's definitely a lot of neighborhood waves and like kind right. of saying hi back and forth and stuff and yeah. there's a couple guys that come by and talk about the like how's everyone's doing and stuff yeah. but i mean it's a, it's a pretty nice friendly little neighborhood but i don't really have any connections with anyone really yeah Oh. Um, okay, let me try one more. Um, do you trust the media? <laughs> uh, depends on the media. Okay, because okay. there's multiple sources of media that can you can be you can talk about, but it depends, man. Like I. I love this type of media because it's kind of just 
it's cut cut and dry straight right. to the chase like no like bullshitting around yeah um, don't like CNN yeah definitely don't trust CNN or, or Fox News yeah. but, same uh, thing right? <laughs> <laughs> like the main media outlets no definitely don't trust them yeah but um the the music media it kind of depends on that too because right. I haven't really scratched the surface on like big time music media so yeah. I couldn't really tell you if anyone's tried to like butcher a story or anything but um, as far as what I've experienced with people people like yourself um, it's been a very pleasant experience so cool. I like it cool uh, okay and then my final question for you is um, as Jay what is your intentions in making music obviously it's a huge portion of your life like what is your intent of creating music the the, fir- the main thing is is that it makes me happy yeah. and it's just an escape from my daily life and kind of just like the the daily grind and the daily emotional struggles and whatever just like yeah. everything that happens um and for two it's just to like share the love and to kind of spread the idea the ideas that I'm creating because I feel like there's a lot of depth to the music that I make and there's a lot of meaning behind it and there's like a lot of little sounds that you can kind of miss like when you're listening to it once over so like it takes a a couple times of listening to it to really like understand a lot of it and uh, I just want I just want to to make people happy really like I just want to like kind of bring a little joy to someone's day once in a while like when I get a message that the people are you know doing doing better in their life because they listen to my music like that's kind of one of the most amazing compliments that you could possibly make because like at the end of the day I make music to make myself happy Mm -hmm. I make music that I want to listen to Um, and then the fact that other people like it is just like the biggest bonus to me like it's it's very gratifying and just like kind of humbling because like I I don't really have a big ego but like I know that I have a good product and I really feel good sharing it and having it be received well when it is awesome yeah that's beautiful and I can say firsthand being at you said yesterday did make me feel incredible so thank you for thank you sharing with that crowd appreciate that hell yeah that was fun Um, and thank you for taking the time to talk to me I know you got things to do I really appreciate it no problem dude thanks for having me um uh how do people follow you uh, biggest one, Instagram, uh, it's a project aspect official. Facebook is a big one too. I'm almost to 10K likes. So if everyone can go like my page on Facebook, follow me. Uh, it's just project aspect on Facebook. You can find me on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, all the major streaming services. Right on. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. After hanging out with Jay for a bit, we took to walking around and talking to some random festival goers to see how they were doing and check in on them. Here's our associate Aaron interviewing a guy named David, an avid festival goer, as he weighs in on his feelings about Jim and Jam. Here they are. All right, everybody, we are back again. We're here with David, our new friend we met outside of the Banios, uh, kind of asking some generalized questions about the stage. How have you liked Jim and Jam so far? Jim and Jam is so unique. I've never been to anything like this. The vendors, it's amazing. Um, last night I had so much fun. Liquid Stranger threw down. It was, it was cold, but it was incredible at the same time. How did that cold treat you? Was it pretty brutal or did you manage? Did you finish the set too? I finished the set. I was prepared for it, but it was still chilly. You got to be prepared. <laughs> I feel that. But yeah, it was good. Great time. Awesome. Uh, is this your first kind of big festival like this or have you gone to other ones like this and this kind of genre of music? 
So yeah, Electric Forest is my favorite festival. This, I came in 2019. I kind of came on a whim this year and I just knew I had to. I'm broke, like everybody. <laughs> uh, shout out Jim and Jam. We appreciate the prizes, boys. But um, so this is kind of being, you know, a local festival. Are you from Arizona or did you venture down here? I ventured down here. I, yeah, I love Tucson. I love like the Vortex vibes, like kind of Sedona is like this and Taos too. Taos, New Mexico. I don't, I'm from New Mexico. I live in Denver now. But. I played at UNM as a football player there. Shout out Albert. Were you? Shout out Albert. I was there from 2017, 2019. Okay, I graduated in 18. Yeah, yeah. I watched you play. Baby. Go <laughs> Small world, dude. That's a gem and jam. Brings us together, baby. Yeah. That's kick ass, though, dude. So, being an Albuquerque guy or a UNM guy or even a New Mexico guy coming to Arizona for a festival, is this something you would like to see more broadband throughout the country? You know, more of this kind of stuff, or you think it's nice to have just kind of real low key? And In a way, I think low key is better. It's hard to explain, but it's just like not as commercialized, and that's what makes it special in a way. You don't want your parents walking through here looking for some some knickknacks. I would want my parents to experience some of this, but not all of it. It is a special thing. So yeah, there's some kind of weird niche where you see people that get like when something becomes mainstream, it's not fun anymore for a lot of people. I feel like yeah. we were talking to a guy earlier about Rick and Morty. He used to love it up until there's a lot of Rick and Morty haters. Yeah, like, it turned into a thing where like everyone loved it. And everyone had the pickle Rick and he got real upset about that. We we're trying to picture that this style of music festival. Do you think that's something that you would like to keep away from? Keep it real like underground garage or what would you like to see with it? I'm down for whatever. You got to find your niche. And I could go to the mainstream stuff, and I'll have fun anywhere. And if you, and if you know who you are, maybe I mean you'll have fun wherever. But if there's a lot of people that come here for this, and that's why I came here for the people too, not just for the music. Yeah, absolutely. The people, especially at Gem and Jam, we've noticed are very different kind. You don't see these even at some of the main festivals in Arizona. Um, but speaking on festivals, uh, you like this kind of music. You've obviously come here to enjoy it. What uh, artist do you love to see? What are your favorites? And who would you love to see brought out here? I love House. I love Dirty Bird. We got a house at everybody. What's in the box, baby? Dirty Bird. <laughs> yeah. I like it. What's in the box? Yeah. No, I love House. Last night was great bass. Lab Group threw down. Lab Group is always special because of Char Charlie. Peace, baby. Shout out, Charles. Denver last weekend for his memorial. Yeah. So it was great. But now I'm ready to dance. Ready to have a good time. And I'm not coming tomorrow. But so. That's a three day. Three days are hard for anybody. I'm old too. Yeah, I know. I was, dude, I was out here <laughs> last night. Everybody I talked to. Yeah, the knees start clicking. You start needing to stretch. It's all kind of scary thoughts. Nice coffee. <laughs> I feel like we've had, what, three tonight? So <laughs> yeah. caffeine keeps it going, baby. We love to see it. Yeah. Uh, but some more hard hitting questions. We'd love to see more of what the fans really want to see at these festivals. If anyone's watching these and uh, looking at vendors and stuff, what would you love to see at a Gem and Jam Festival next year, perhaps? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Let me think about that real Take quick. Take your time. You're on the spot. Maybe more, I think it's perfect. I can't, I mean, it has everything I need, I need personally. Like I am so satisfied with what it brings. And if it brings more, then I'm happy with that too. Yeah, some of the beauty of this stuff is oh, like- That's a hard question. Yeah, it, what, about, what about you? Well, for me, you know, I love what seeing, you, uh, you know, I've been to so many festivals now and I've seen so many different things I really enjoy. But part of it for me, I love the shock value of something I've never expected to see and I well, see it. That is the thing. I've seen art that yeah. I haven't seen before. This, these mediums of art that are like uh, these ca ca casted copper and like things I would never even think of. And I'm, I like that. Yeah. 
So that maybe that's new for me. Yeah, something new, new, unique artists. I love seeing little tents set up where you see something you've never seen before done by handcrafted artists who are obviously never heard of before. I think that's a beautiful thing that festivals do, and we really appreciate Gem and Jam. Shout out again for doing that and broadening our horizons. Uh, but speaking of broadening our horizons, uh, the the global uh, attitude, the world, the coronavirus, all the crazy things going on in the world. What makes this kind of festival and music so special to you to come out and do this and get away from all the troubles of life? And what makes it so awesome that you appreciate? Just the freedom and the love. It sounds cliche, but the freedom and the love is always here. That's all there is to it's it. It's a beautiful thing being able to walk in here, no, almost like lawless, but there's a, a certain bond with people you respect yeah, each other like enough. Even low-key, the security. Oh, we'd like, no one's gonna bring a gun in here. Yeah, it would be weird. Like, that's a thing for me, like I could bring a beer in here. That's a little thing, but. Yeah, we, we got ad lips for that, don't worry. good security, thank you, Jim and Jam. Shout, Shout out Jim and Jam, keeping us safe out here, having a good time. Um, but that's a great point, man, is the freedom of these things is a beautiful thing. Uh, the, the being able to wander around and not be so uh, struck to these. But uh, David, we really appreciate you doing this, man. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to our viewers uh, on a final remark about this kind of stuff? Peace and love, come to Jim and Jam. This is the shit. Can I Thank curse? you guys very much. You can curse all you want. <laughs> Give them a fuck shit. yeah, baby. Thank you, David. Appreciate it, man. Let me follow you guys. David, if by any chance you're listening, man, it was so nice meeting you, and we hope to catch you at another festival. His carefree energy was abundant at Gem and Jam, and in our opinion, people like David make this experience what it is. The community of people that are willing to kick back and talk about anything that interests them, that's what's so great about these type of places. And that is why, going into the third day, we really tried to focus in on finding an attendee that was really passionate about something and try to pick their brains about it. Who and what we stumbled upon was a treat. A man by the name of Harlan Gruber. And by stumbled upon, I really mean he approached us when he saw that we were interviewing people and asked to talk about his reason for being at Jemmy Jam because he's so passionate about it. So, in a nutshell, what Harlan does is he builds geometric structures that he calls portals that are meant to center energy and awaken those who engage with them. He actually brought one of these portals to Jemmy Jam. The portal that we got to see is called the Heart Star Portal. I won't try and butcher why it's called this or the theories and reasonings that go behind it. I'll let Harlan do that. So here's Harlan giving Aaron a rundown of his mission and passion. Right, we are here with Harley here who's been setting up some heart style portals he's been talking to me about that he brings to certain festivals and shows. Harley, can you please just talk to me what this is and what you're about? Yeah, sure. So I've been building these portal installations for a festival since 2004, starting at Burning Man and bringing them to like festivals all over the world. This particular one is called the Heart Star Portal. It's just this outline version of what the bigger the bigger portals actually are solid structures you can climb inside and uh, vibrate with low frequency feedback. And the website transportals.org for all of the portals like that but since then I've launched a new website called portaltothenewearth.com and that's what this is all about so I built these structures that use sacred geometry this particular one is based on the golden ratio and it relates to the heart so when your heart's in golden ratio co uh, coherency you're in a state of bliss and the colors green for the heart the red and those hoops actually make shadows on the ground that are heart shaped but when you climb up at top and look down through it those are all hearts so that's why it's called the heart star portal but so 
when, uh, when we look at this here, if you could walk with me on this, these things are mainly for uh, the vibrance of the music that comes through, or the shade, or just the structure, or is it all kind of put together into one thing that makes it so special? Well, yeah, you know, in this particular one, it's pretty simple. It's just a steel structure, and people just think it's a jungle gym, and you can see them stretching and doing acrobatics and yoga and all kinds of amazing things on it. And so it's really, on one level, that simple. But the underlying philosophy, the underlying geometry, is it's a way to align your vibrational energy body into a state of coherence and also in some of the other portal installations I use geometries that relate to the evolution of the earth's vibrational energy body so it's a way to align your vibrational energy body to the evolution of the earth and ultimately why I do all this and why I build all this of this is because my main interest is in designing and building future eco villages and eco cities and so like I'm actually studying and developing all of these future designs that are like beautiful sacred uh, you know, villages that we could live in that are very different than our modern yeah. world. And so that's why my new website's called Portal to the New Earth. And it explains that these are like keys to shifting the consciousness to bring that new earth about. And so what I'm coming to understand, like I've brought this to Gem and Jam now uh, like five years in a row pretty much. Although I missed 2020, I was busy with some other thing. But other than that, and I'm kind of understanding that by this being here, it holds the frequency of what the intention of the portals are, which I call them keys to shifting the earth into the next vibrational dimension. That's a great word. And, and it's kind of like telepathically, like an antenna that's met sending out that consciousness frequency so that we all come into alignment. And it's really simple. All we have to do is come into alignment with what it means to be truly human, like our divine sovereignty, and then look at the world and see everything as sacred and divine as we're, and we're connected to it. So, you know, we wouldn't be polluting the the rivers, we wouldn't be destroying the earth, we wouldn't be doing all of these negative detrimental things to the earth. Absolutely, it seems like it's in today's times especially, we've gotten so materialistic with what we're doing and caught up in the system of you know, the traffic, the communists, the consumerists. How can something like this change that kind of thought process, especially with like Gem and Jam bringing you in and allowing you to do this here and creating a very, you know, spiritual almost, if I can, with the vibrations you're talking about? Well, it's true, and of course, as you see here at Gem and Jam, it's a pretty high vibe crowd. You know, they're all in pretty tuned in already so they're open to this kind of thing but like I say it's really very subtle and that's the intention the reason why I've been building these is to hold this new consciousness frequency and to be a key to shift the earth into the next dimension so just by the fact that it's here and that's my underlying intention behind it I would hope that it's kind of like sending out those signals to everyone around it whether they know it or not right that's a beautiful thing you brought this here and you're helping everyone's cheese whether they know or not well, I love that hope, thought process we hope so fingers crossed there's fingers no crossed. doubt you're making a difference this is not like a third dimensional scientific oh, no. kind of thing we're operating on higher dimensional frequencies here. That's beautiful. So that's the intention. But, you know, and it's made up this opportunity to talk about it. Because, you know, putting it into words helps bring that into being. Like, if you just think it, that's one thing. But to explain it now, and now that you know that that's what it is, and other people will know that, they'll kind of get it, and it helps, you know, solidify. Well, you can almost see, I mean, the quick reaction to people that just come up and climb on and begin working on these. You can see it's already doing something to their chi, I bet. Especially with the vibrations they're receiving from it and the music right behind is a perfect location. I love, this has been at over 120 festivals, I should count, since it was actually built in 2010. 
and has traveled to like all these festivals. And I always like putting it right by the main stage so people can dance, see the music, hear the music. And I've brought it here many times before. This is the best location it's had. And you know, by where you place the portals is kind of like acupuncture, you know, at a festival. Like at Burning Man, I always pick my location by its number. I started with the 1111 Diamond Portal that was at 1111. And they moved all over the place until I finally have settled upon this location now, 144. And 144 is also a very sacred number. And it kind of puts it way off on the side at Burning Man, because Burning Man's getting a little overdone. So it's good to be a little bit off the beaten track and let the people come out really far and find it off to the side. But here at festivals, you want to feel the whole festival out and then find where the flow, the feng shui of it is. And it feng really works great right here. And location, location. Sunset. My friends, where are you going to be for sunset? I go, well, the portal's got a great Perfect sunset. lineup right here. You got everything you want. Okay. Music, the sunset. It's yeah. a beautiful location. Well, thank you. I think that's pretty much it. I, I could go on for hours. I, could, I believe you. I this is an amazing. Yeah, we, we were just talking to guests about how unique the different things you find here. We would have never known about these portals unless you had came up. Yeah. So we really thank you. I hope our viewers were educated on what this can bring. Portals.org has an hour-long presentation, goes into all the sacred geometry, the portals, and the future environments. And then portaltothenewearth.com is the new website just launching, and that's going to be covering all of this stuff with a book coming out, podcast, YouTube channel, explaining all everything in detail, from the sound that I use, to the geometries, to the earth grid energies you know, colors, chakras, That's and awesome. then the future environments. I mean, that's what I've been studying my whole life. Buckminster Fuller and Design Science Revolution. That's awesome. So, yeah. If I could ask you some hard-hitting questions while we have you here, because we're trying to, you know, use our time as sparingly before the sun sets. Uh, looking at your, your your simplification of something that sounds so mind-boggling to me and so beautiful, uh, when you look at the the, uh, the global atmosphere right now, and people come to these festivals to kind of escape that, how can we uh, enter, like, tell our viewers to come and try something like this? they were at a festival. Good point. And yeah, these these this is like a transformational festival. It's not just any old music festival. There's all these great yoga classes, you know, and all of this high vibrational, high consciousness uh, things going on. And so th these festivals are kind of like the seeds of starting to, you know, bring together this new earth consciousness. And so, you know, especially like I see that at Burning Man. I mean, Burning Man's got a lot of negative stuff and downside. And all these festivals do to, to a certain, I should not negative, but not overly conscious. Pros and but cons. there is a lot of conscious, and a lot of the conscious community all comes together here. So it is a if you you know for people that have never been to something like this, it's a great way to get pick up the vibe, feel the vibe, experience this. That's awesome. Stuff, so if you could give one statement to our viewers about the whole atmosphere of Gem and Jam, what you think of this kind of music festival, your portals, what would be your final statement? To that? Yeah, Gem and Jam is definitely one of my favorite, and I'm I'm also like you can see I'm into crystals, so I come to do something for all the crystals. But the, the really good thing about Gem and Jam as a festival is it's really well balanced. Like I said, they have the yoga in the morning. They got lots of electronic, really hard-hitting bass music, house music, DJs. But they had amazing bands, too. The jam band community, you know. And so it, it's a really great mix of the music. So Gem and Jam, big Thank you so much for speaking with you. It was awesome. We loved your portals. Thank you for bringing these to the festival and inviting everybody. Um, thank you guys so much. Thank you. As you can most likely hear, the portal Harlan was talking about was pretty close to the Emerald stage, and while this makes for a great setting to engage with these portals, it makes audio from our conversation a little difficult to hear. But the good news is that we got Harlan's business card and we hope to keep in touch with him and possibly have him back on the podcast in the future. 
If you're interested in finding out more about Harlan's niche, sooner rather than later, please go check out his website at portaltothenewearth.com. Meeting new people is one of the many things that I love and many people love about music festivals and Jam and Jam was no exception. Being able to cover this festival was a dream come true and I am thankful for everyone who took the time out to talk to us and honestly just everyone for being there and making it such a great place. If you also attended Jam and Jam, I hope you had as great a time as we did and that you take some of the connectedness and love that you felt at the event and bring it back out to the real world. Well, that about sums up our episode. This was such a blast to put together and if you enjoyed it, please let us know. Give us a follow on our social medias and drop us a line to let us know what you think of the episode and our content. We hope to do a lot more episodes like this in the future now that we have some experience under our belts with mobile recording, so look out for that. To bring us out of the episode, here's a clip I got of one of the jam bands called Hot Buttered Rum covering Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay caffeinated. Stay caffeinated.